street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hi, I'm Dolly, also known as Juggling Lessons. I've been a programmer and a teacher before I retired, and my current hobby is to create teaching materials for street epistemology. Lately, I've been interviewing people involved with street epistemology and live streaming them on my YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash user slash juggling lessons. And we are live. Thank you for joining us for today's discussion about SE. Today is an interview with one of my heroes. This is Spaghetti Eddie from Deep Discussions. Deep Discussions is one of I those did. channels uh, where mostly you're looking at the interlocutor. So today might be your special opportunity to see what Eddie looks like. Unless you caught some, <laughs> of the, uh, some of the videos where he actually speaks to the camera directly. Eddie, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Yes. Uh, how you doing? Thank you for uh, having me on. Um, so, honestly, I'm just a regular guy who who um, was interested interested in the atheist movement and started listening to uh, Anthony Magnamosco videos. And I just got to a point where I felt I could do it. I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and try it. And after a while, I, I got better at it. And uh, yeah, here I am. So uh, I, I really don't have any uh, particular expertise as far as like uh, interviewing or uh, speaking or anything like that. Um, so I really do think this is something that anyone can really learn how to do, even if you're a soft-spoken person or um, struggle with debates or anything like that. If you know once once you get familiar with um, asking appropriate questions, uh, that there really is uh, something about it where anyone can do it. You know? So what was the hardest thing that you had to deal with uh, in, in your, before you got good enough that you were okay with it? The hardest thing is the first try. Um, once you do it, one time and you just you just commit to it uh it is just addicting after that and you want to do it more and more and, and the only um anxiety you have is not being able to do it enough uh and mm. uh, that's still something that I, I i'd like to do i'd want to do it more um but i remember the first time before i went out um or just deciding to make that jump it it's nerve-wracking you just have no idea what's going to happen and then after the first session and the second session and the third session, you're like, okay, so I'm the one that's that knows what's going to happen more than the person I'm about to talk mm -hmm. to. So I can control yeah. that a little more and I can um, make it more inviting. And so it's nothing for me to really worry about besides uh, asking good questions. Oh, let me see where I can see. What lesson? Oh. Yeah, actually, I think that was the first question they started asking. So the second half of the question is, 
what lesson do you think is commonly the hardest for people learning this other than yourself? Do you think your your difficulty uh, is uh, of doing that first one is similar to the average or the typical difficulty that people run up against? Yeah, I would say that uh, because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so the fear of the unknown is something that everyone has to face. But uh, besides that, I would say the hardest thing uh, that people might make besides that would be trying to get a particular conclusion or trying to mm. um, get someone to say, I don't know. Um, and you could you quickly learn that it's it's at their pace um, and you're just kind of like a guide and it's not about um, your feelings if if someone didn't go where you wanted them to go because you're that's not what you're supposed to be doing you're just supposed to be a guide uh well, that makes hardest to learn <laughs> yeah, i think that was the same question next question please yeah see it in just a moment uh they they're actually oh. working off a list of questions and i made them do dice just for the just for the uh the drama of it as to far as what <laughs> yeah hmm. Hmm. have you ever been while we're waiting on a question oh yes go ahead you go. no you go ahead no 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 <laughs> okay um okay. uh, i just thought about this a couple of days ago and it's just random um I always had an analogy when it came to asking a particular question and why I'm asking it. Uh, because I, in a lot of situations, I want people to understand why I'm asking a question mm -hmm. uh, because it's uh, it's important to know because it could seem threatening, but it's really not. So like, for example, if, if someone gives you a reason why they have a belief and you ask them if that reason wasn't the case, would you still be just as confident? That sounds kind of threatening, like you're going to, going to tell them their reason why the reason is not the case um, but really all you're doing is testing the foundation of their belief not the truthfulness of it that makes sense yeah, yeah. and so originally yeah, i came up with the, the critical then, thinking as opposed to the the actual veracity of it right uh originally i came up with a an example of uh, a, a dish called jambalaya and everyone knows that a typical uh, or traditional jambalaya is pretty spicy, but it's not exactly clear what is spicy. And so if you ask a chef what, um, what ing like if, if, if you took bell peppers out, would it be just as spicy, less spicy? Uh, how would it affect the dish, the, the spiciness level? level? And uh, if, the, if the chef tells you it wouldn't be any less spicy, well, that tells you that the bell peppers aren't contributing to the spiciness of the dish. You're not necessarily saying it doesn't have bell peppers. Uh, and so that's a way to kind of gauge what what I'm trying to know or what I'm, what I'm uh, trying to understand. But I thought of something a little better, I think. I don't know. You, you tell me. Uh, mm -hmm. The game Jenga. So if a belief is a set of blocks that make up, you know, uh, the belief and it's, you know, like Jenga, what I'm trying to do is push on uh, I'm doing the opposite of what you normally do. In, in Jenga, you find the pieces that are loose and you slip them out and, and the structure still stays the same. But what I'm trying to do is find the piece that is essential for the structure to stay afloat. So if I 
find the one that you know it, it you need to to stand up then i've succeeded uh and then we can kind of go from there and discuss does that correspond to reality does that make sense yes uh yes it does i i hit the wrong button uh it, it makes good <laughs> sense to me that 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 um in asking the question you can ask them to rank which which of the beliefs would have the strongest impact if that one yeah. was different yeah that's an important one have you experienced an interlocutor having a perverse response to an elenchus like dramatically increasing their confidence in an obviously daft or unmotivated claim I've had one one guy that um, he wanted to talk about how he believed that Eminem, the rapper, was a clone. Um, and okay, I forget what his yeah, it's kind of strange. I forget what his uh, reasoning was. I think it had something to do with him being at two places at one time, sort of thing. And how could that be possible? Uh, and I and I decided to discuss what convinces him. Uh, or what increases his confidence in certain claims by using the Ferrari example. And it was very strange to see that he would just automatically believe that I had a Ferrari. Um, and oh. yeah. And so it kind of made sense given what he was also claiming about Eminem. He just automatically mm -hmm. would just, would just trust me. And so that's one of those situations where you have to like, uh, have to ask questions that illustrate why it's important to uh, not just take everything at face value. And I guess to answer the, the, that question, that might have been an example where uh, it was a sort of perverse, not perverse response, but it was just like. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't mean like immoral, just uh, yeah, really backwards of what you would expect from really off yeah. nominal. Yeah. So the, yeah, the whole point of the Ferrari example is to to make it pretty clear about why you would believe something at d different stages, and you wouldn't just accept something offhand. Yet that example mm -hmm. was just he accepted it offhand. So I was like, yeah, that's yeah, there's a problem here. That is odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's too that's way too easy. Have you ever been emotionally moved enough in an Olympus that you needed to take a break before you could continue and do another interview? Mm, no, um, I think I once had a discussion about um, about child rearing and and whether you know physical discipline is um, something that's off the table or it can be um, appropriate during times. And because I have two daughters, you know that definitely hit home mm -hmm. and. I noticed in the middle of the interview that I was no longer um, indifferent. Uh, I was definitely mm. going with her and and giving my opinion. Uh, and it, and it, you know, it happened to be that I was agreeing with her. It wasn't you know uh, an argument or anything like that. But because it was mm -hmm. it was a topic that you know is very important to me at my stage in life right now, I tended mm -hmm. to. Um, not only ask questions to see where she would go, but once she went the way I went or the way I would, mm -hmm. I would be thinking, I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. uh, 
I don't, I, I, it wasn't to the point where I needed to take a break, but it, it was something that I probably uh, shouldn't be doing if I'm going to be a good uh, mm. questioner, if that makes sense. Okay. Trying yeah, to remain yeah. objective. So, yeah. uh, so what would be the, when you're, why is it important to remain neutral? Uh, because this is about them, and if you input your uh, your opinion, even if it is to agree with them, you're not uh, you're affecting the responses. Um, and just as you can disagree with someone, and it pulls up the um, possibly a backfire effect. You can agree with them, and they may not actually think um, in their own little bubble in their head. They mm. they might just be waiting for you to fill in, or you know, or something like that. I'm not sure how exactly that would work, but I don't think I, I think that a positive or a negative uh, reinforcement doesn't allow them to think it through by themselves. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite category of claim, and are there any claims you fear or dread to confront? Um, I definitely think morality is something that uh, can be tricky. Um, mm -hmm. I also, I guess, morality is both uh, of those is the answer for both those questions. Because I love doing it and, and discussing that topic, but I also know that it could be very um, sensitive and derailed quickly. Mm. And so there's this level of uh, high stakes when it comes to talking about morality that I both enjoy and also have a lot of caution about. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, got a, I've got one you can't see yet. Have you ever gotten anyone to change their mind? If so, what's the most you've seen you've affected someone using SE? Um, from my experience, um, no one really changes their mind right on the trail. Um, it would be kind of cool to to hear about. There's ways for them to reach out, um, and I haven't heard anyone reach out to me saying that they've changed their mind. Uh, but the closest I've come to was a discussion about um, karma and mm. whether karma is an outside force affecting everyone or if it's an internal dialogue that you can affect, you know, um, the reality around you. And so I think someone kind of, yeah. just by thinking about it, was, was like, okay, what I'm saying actually doesn't make sense. But I think it's mm. probably something like like that. So okay, so they um, redefine their claim to something a lot more modest. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, that's, that's about the most profound that I get usually. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean, usually no one just um, changes, especially when it's an important belief um, that they have invested a lot of time in, they usually just don't, you know, switch or, or admit they switch right away. It's got to take a lot of thinking. And, and, uh, honestly, even if I've never convinced someone, um, 
Oh, I'm sorry, not convinced. Even if I never um, facilitate someone to change their mind about something, I don't necessarily think that's a failure. I think just thinking about it is, is good enough. And um, I may just be one small puzzle, and it takes 10 more pieces for them to uh, really think about something. Um, so I'm happy just to be the guy that to introduce. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, l- a little process. Nudges. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it takes a, it takes a long time for people to change things that they've held on to for a while, and and we wouldn't wouldn't want to rush that. I think. Yeah. And uh, also, I think it's. It, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, also, I think it's probably. Um, not a good idea to think about your goal being changing people's minds. Um, I mean, there's there's certain things you, you want people to think about and and answer the question answer the questions that you're asking in um, a certain way, and you want people to think clearly, I guess. But but to say you know I want them to to reach this conclusion, um, I think is ultimately a mistake. Um, hmm. Because, you know, we all have our, our conclusions and, and the point of all this is not to be tied up in a certain conclusion, but understand the methods that reach the right conclusion or the, the methods yeah. that yeah. that reliably come to true conclusions. And so we should be uh, ready to toss a conclusion out, you know, mm-hmm. at any moment if the right set of criteria is set up. Uh, let's see. Without pushing into anyone's privacy, can you tell me how your intimates and your family view your uh, hobby of SE? Oh, um, oh, I'm on the wrong. My wife kind of. Yes, thank you. That's the right one. I just played <laughs> the wrong question. Um, I was confusing you. Yeah. That's okay. I was listening. Um, uh, my wife just kind of thinks it's. Uh, it's interesting and it's a really good alternative to arguing, which is, you know, something that I, I used to do. And she was like, you know, didn't like that I would uh, argue with uh, people all the time. Um, so it's a good alternative in that sense. But she's not exactly a fan of SE. She, you know, she any type of uncomfortable situations, she doesn't like listening to. So mm. uh, but I do get a lot of. um questions from friends and colleagues about it um usually it's just a lot of interest and they want to know what my positions are and i'm like well that's it's not really about that and uh, it's just mm-hmm. about how we get there and so to me it's uh when they say things like that's it's kind of cool because it shows that i'm trying at least trying to be neutral attempting mm-hmm. to be you know yeah. it's hard it's hard to always be neutral but um all the feedback i get from friends and colleagues is that wow that's interesting i never thought about that um and when's the next video mm-hmm. going to come out or, you know, so okay good so pretty positive have yeah. you ever encountered a claim or an interlocutor that made you want to do some research of your own hmm I think it was one guy that was talking about um, 
what was the specific topic? I think it had to do with drunk driving and the statistics about, um, I can't remember the details, but I remember like, man, I need to look into that because um, it may be more clear than I think because he was an, he was an officer. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the details. Um, mm -hmm. It had something to, along the lines of doing, uh, had to do with, um, Pulling people over um, under intoxication. Oh, I can't. Man, I can't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, but the, the um, specific isn't yeah. isn't part of the question. The answer turns out to be yes. <laughs> well, hopefully, I have some details. Yeah. 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 It, 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 well, and and that's okay because the the point isn't the detail of the question. It's uh, whether whether that has happened for you, whether you end up doing the research, and if that research uh, affected your your thinking on the topic. That's yeah. the that would be the point of it. What is the worst result that you've experienced in an Olympus? Um usually the worst result is because I was not um remaining objective. I even at one point um became argumentative. Um and I, I think it was earlier on when I when I first started, um, and this uh, this gentleman had a ton of to talk about, um, mm -hmm. and it got to the point where he said some um, morally questionable things, and because of that he didn't want me to post it, um, and it's because we were in this back and forth. Um, I was still asking questions, but it was um, it was pretty clear that like I was. I don't want to say, yeah, kind of like I was undermining his position just by asking the question. And so mm, mm, mm -hmm. uh, he ended up, he, he was a pretty important figure in the community. And he ended up emailing me saying, hey, please don't post this. And I kind of tried right. to convince him otherwise that, you know, uh, it'd be a good thing for people to see. Um, and got some advice from other SEers and they said, you know, just mm -hmm. don't, if someone doesn't want you to, don't don't post it. You know, you, there's no need to do harm. Uh, yeah, if you're no not happy with anybody. Yeah, yeah. Consent uh, consent can be revoked after the fact with SEers. It's just fine. Yeah. Okay. Next question here. Let's see. How often do you modify your own confidence in a claim during or after an Olympic? And have you ever had a greater than 50% confidence shift from one? I don't mean necessarily during the meeting, but maybe as a result of one. Um, I wouldn't say that um, my confidence has uh, gone up or down in the middle of an interview or, or um, something like that. I think what tends to happen is I haven't even considered where I'm at mm. when they're a particular claim. And so once we talk it through, I'll put, you know, I'll think about my confidence level. But a lot of the times I'm not even in that mindset because I'm trying to remain indifferent. I'm trying to remain um, 
mm-hmm. neutral. And so when I start thinking about where I'm at, I, I what enters my mind is my thinking and my uh, what I think I'm convinced of and why. And so that rarely happens because I'm not even in that mindset. I, I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes and not even worried about mine. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it does. Next, uh, next question. When would you abort an Alinkit? Oh, um, I think the, the, the obvious times to abort is when they're no longer itch, interested to have the conversation. Um, mm. That's pretty clear, you know. Um, okay. You, you, de- you definitely don't want to just try to reconcile something uh, because if they're, they're not willing, then the whole endeavor is just kind of uh, done. But another um, reason would be, even if they are interested in the conversation, if you think that um, by questioning their epistemology and how they came to a conclusion, mm-hmm. it could bring about some psychological harm or mm. some sort of suffering, uh, they would have to okay. confront. Um, that's something that um, you have to think about and make the judgment call because you're only going to talk to them for a short amount of time and you don't know what kind of support system they do or don't have. Mm. Um, and it's it seems kind of um, unethical to just turn them, you know, like get ask a really yeah. hard question and then everything yeah. unravels and then you have no idea what's going to happen to them. Yeah. So for and example, I had, he's asked me to add, go ahead. Uh, for example, I've had a conversation with someone who's uh, lost their child and um, they believe that um, during the funeral, God spoke to her and said that mm. uh, I know what you're going through. You're going to be okay. I lost a kid too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. if I got her to question that, uh, you know, I could just tell she's already emotional about it. And it's mm-hmm. been, uh, she said it, it's been like 10 years. Uh, sure. I don't think that's, that's something that I could have uh, lived with if I uh, removed a support system that may not be replaceable. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, it's, uh, it took me a long time after being an atheist. I went through a big angry atheist phase from about like two years through six years of the syndrome yeah, faith. Everyone does. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and for the I've managed to get to the point where I don't care what you believe. I only care what you do. It took me a long, long time. Yeah. When you say uh, you don't care what you believe, you only care what you do. You mean like yep. actions, or are you talking? Okay. Yeah, I, I I don't care what anybody in this room, besides myself, believes. I only care what you do. Now, those doings might be calls to action, uh, an incitement to violence, or, or a voting uh, voting against people's rights. Those are dues. That's what I care about. Yeah. And how how they because I have the more every year I learn about a whole bunch of things that I've been wrong about my whole life. So I figure I've still got a whole bunch of wrong in my whole life. So why should I blame anybody else from being wrong? I, I, I'd, I'd have to fix myself first, and then then I'd be an elitist. And what's the point of that? <laughs> yeah. If you could only ask two questions or requests in a session, what would they be? I hadn't seen this question. This is a fun mm-hmm. one. All right. 
Can you do Essie in two utterances? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would say the two most important questions are, why do you think that? And... Can we use the method that you are using to reach other true conclusions? Ooh, I think those would be the okay. two good ones. Why do you think so? And can that method be used for other conclusions? Nice. Okay, so that, that's that's pretty much going to be in the in the faith category uh, of response, maybe. I get a whole lot of uh, SE online where people are already familiar with this stuff. Their answer is, uh, I was convinced because I read a study with a large N, and it was it seemed valid, and and it was a consensus, and my confidence is seventy five percent, and and yeah, the the follow up question doesn't. Do you think that could be useful for other things? Yes, <laughs> it becomes real simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, next question. Are you aware of some of the criticisms of SE? Some see it as dishonest and maybe being manipulative. And if so, do you think there's any merit to any? Um, I mean, yeah, I do think there was uh, some criticism in the beginning that did help SE out. Um, mm -hmm. One of them being defining well, what they mean by certain words. Um, and that's mm -hmm. just that's just communication 101. You have to understand what someone's saying. Uh, you don't want to put uh, words in someone's mouth. Um, it could be it could be viewed as you trying to make them look stupid or wrong, even if that's not what you're trying to do. Um, and so uh, that was a, a really yeah, good rapport criticism. is all about perception. Uh, Defensive truth yeah. doesn't count at all. <laughs> um, I'd say the other thing, other valid criticism was uh, being uh, transparent about what you're doing. Um, okay. And if people weren't okay with that or didn't want to do that, um, that um, that's that's totally fine. Um, I think it, in, at first, you know, when you try to have that conversation and you're like, by the way, I'm going to be asking you some questions that's going to challenge how you could be so sure. There was no like rhythm or not rhythm, but there was no good um, uh, routine on how to apply how to say that to someone without making them go, what are you, what? I don't understand what you're doing. Mm. Uh, but once we got that down okay. of like how we're going to explain it, um, then it became kind of a good icebreaker, I think. Um, before it was just kind of like, well, I'm just going to try to, at first we were just trying to do it well. And now it's more about, it, we can add on trying to explain it well to someone else what we're going to mm -hmm. be doing. Yeah. Next question, please. What actions could the examiner take that would disqualify a conversation from be being SE by your personal standard of how you see SE? Examiner being, um, okay. The so like the, the interrogator, the, mm -hmm. yeah, the SE -er. Yeah. So them. I like interrogator. Other people are allergic to that word. So we use examiner <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. It's called a conversation for being SE. Um, Uh, I would say it has probably has something to do with 
reaching a different conclusion uh, or asking loaded questions to mm. point to a so arguing from conclusion. a particular from an opposing position. Yeah. So I yeah. mean. SE okay. isn't just asking questions. That's just the vessel. But if you ask questions to yeah. argue uh, and, and load the questions, then uh, it's no longer SE. Yeah. Okay, good. Next question. What actions must the interrogator perform to qualify a conversation as SE? This is the opposite of that, of that first one. Yeah. What, what are the minimum things you need to do? And this one says interrogator. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say the minimum things you can do is try to assume nothing. So when you assume nothing about what someone's saying, you'll ask better questions. Um, and you won't make any assumptions about what they mean by words or where um, their reasoning leads to um, and what they mean by a particular conclusion. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, when, when you've done this a lot and you think you have a good idea of where the, this conversation is going to go, you might skip a question and not give someone a chance to go, actually, I came, I mean, something else. Um, and basically, by assuming nothing and clarifying everything, uh, you're really letting them hold the steering wheel completely. If that makes sense. Yeah. I say that a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, I don't mind. It's a good, it's a good ask for, did you understand me? Uh, I, uh, it's, it's just another way of saying that same thing. Comprende. <laughs> do you have a minimum goal or a passing grade for an Olympus, And how often do you fail to achieve that goal? A, a goal for someone I'm interviewing or myself? Yeah. When, when you're doing an Olympus, do you have a minimum goal for the result of that Olympus? And, oh, um... and how often, how often does that actually fail? I think the minimum goal is to have a cordial conversation. Um, and, uh, and something that would be a little better would be if you ask a question and they say, I don't know, I have to think about that. That's like the icing on the cake. But some sometimes that doesn't happen. But at a minimum, having a cordial conversation. Um, and how often does that happen? Oh man, ninety-five uh, percent of the time it's cordial, um, and that's because you are in that interviewer, and mm -hmm. you really can control the environment. Um, and uh, as long as you're not taking the red meat or you know uh, mm -hmm. putting your opinions yeah. in the conversation, it's really hard to derail that. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, uh, just a side question. Did you see our interview with Reed on Tuesday? Um, I saw about two minutes of it. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, because your, your answer is almost precisely his. He used oh, slightly really? different terms. 
but okay. but he says yeah he gets 90 95 percent of them that are nice and cordial and the bonus would be aphoria where they stop and and think about it so very much very much in alignment with how reed answered the question oh sweet. just checking to see if you thing. were cheating <laughs> no 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 i i am next question i think i saw the beginning of it yeah uh and reed just gave you thumbs up I have you made any that. lasting friendships you what's that uh, i said i gave him double thumbs up double thumbs up okay good uh, <laughs> have you made any lasting friendships that started as i see conversations um yes um i think a lot of the people because i'm i'm in the local community and i'm at the park i i tend to see people um in a restaurant i work in a restaurant um and so when i see them um it, it's another benefit of having cordial conversations is when you see them again it's like hey how's it going i'm that guy from the park and and um i wouldn't say it's like i now have a best friend that i used to interview or anything like that but every time i see these people you know mm -hmm. you say hi you ask them how things are going um in, in fact the gentleman that uh, I, I talked about that said, you know, I don't want you to put that up anymore. Um, mm -hmm. He, whenever he sees me in the park, he stops every single time. Um, and, mm. you know, he, he kind of wants to argue a little bit, but it's from a very friendly place. And so sure. I, I'm sure if I would have just posted that anyways, that wouldn't have happened and it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't right. done any good. Definitely. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Have you damaged any relationships because of SE interaction? Ooh, yeah. Um, I think that SE with family members is not as easy as it is with strangers. Um, mm. I mean, you know you're not going to see them anymore. They have no idea who you are and what your positions are. And so mm -hmm. when you try um, to do SC on someone who they know you, you know, um, you disagree, disagree with them or have a different view or, or uh, they have a different understanding about your um, who, like who you are, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I had a conversation with, um, with a in-law and, I didn't cut it off when it needed to be cut off, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, we had a discussion and it was ah. going pretty well. And the, one of the cool things about doing um, SE with, some, with a stranger is you can just cut it off when it needs to be cut off and they can just think about it. Um, yeah. And what ended up happening, what it, it just kind of brought a lot of drama to, to the point where she's calling me and you know, uh, even when I try to diffuse the situation, it was, uh, it was, it, it didn't, um, I want to say it didn't have any uh, good in, anything good um, from it, but I do think that it triggered something where I was now the enemy. Mm. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. And so it's it's extremely sensitive um, when it comes to 
families and, and friends that you're close yeah. with. Yeah, indeed. indeed. But I don't know exactly what the what the the solution to that is. Um, maybe let other people SE your family. Yeah. If you've got good SE practitioners that are part of your friends, you could have conversations with them and let them take the hit. You know, have it, a it conversation almost, that we're involved in. Then, yeah, yeah, it, it's almost I, like I can take the bullet, and if it, if it ruins my relationship with your family, <laughs> it's like, eh, it's yeah. fine. It's not going to be that bad. If you, would, I mean, it's almost you could like take... you're a counselor. Sorry, yeah, it's almost like if you're a okay. counselor and you're a you know professional counselor, you don't want to be a professional counselor for your family member. It's just not going right. to work the same. It's just not going to work out. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very interested in how SE overlaps with things like cognitive behavioral therapy and actual professional counseling, because I, I'm not qualified and I want to make sure that ethically I'm not doing anything that could trip up and harm people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I know of ways that I could do it badly enough to do that. I could trick somebody into trusting me and then give them bad information. You know, there's ways I could do things like that. Uh, but I, I think that's not unique to SE. I think that's in all communication. Yeah. If you could take medication that would render you emotionless for the duration of an SE conversation, would you take it? I'm going to assume it's safe and also has side effects that are tolerable. And all those <laughs> things. Um. I would say no, um, because if you're not emotional, you're probably not going to notice when someone else is. Um, oh, and, okay. And so part of the reason might dull your empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the reason why um, internet or text-based SE isn't as effective is because there's not that face-to-face -face, uh, communication and emotional exchanges and um, the, just the normal things that you would uh, see when you're face-to-face. -face. And so I think if I was emotionless, uh, I would probably not pick up on cues. I would probably ask an, an inappropriate question, and I probably wouldn't abort a conversation that I should be aborting. So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. you know, not having any emotion is um, that probably includes not being able to feel what someone else is feeling, put, put myself in their shoes. So yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Great question. Very interesting answer. Big thumbs up. Getting lots of love from the, from the chat on this one. Is oh, it yeah. important Ooh, to go into SE? And, yeah. Uh, are you seeing collab SE text? You don't have to jump there. It might be distracting to you, but that's where these, uh, that's where people are talking, and, uh, and that's actually where we're posting the questions through to to our interface. Oh, okay. No, I don't see them, but it, uh, I can probably like look at them later. Yeah, that's fine. Is it important to go into SE understanding that your might might be that your mind might be changed by someone's good reasons for their belief? Um. I would say if you don't have that understanding, then you probably don't understand SE, and you mm. probably shouldn't be doing FC if you don't understand SE. Uh, okay. Because, like I said before, your conclusions, everyone has them. 
what's important is the method you reach to to reach those conclusions. And so if you are not willing to change your mind, how could you ever be effective in changing someone else's uh, methodology? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, for example, uh, I was actually, I did a little discussion or a presentation um, in my community about street epistemology. And one of the examples I uh, I used was um, someone having bad reasons, even though their conclusion is true. So if they, they think that evolution yeah. is true because mm-hmm. their teacher told them, and that's what their teacher told them. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's a good reason to believe. And so I wanted to kind of uh, show how SE can, even if the conclusion is true, show the, um, or, or fix the, the methodology in which they um, reach that conclusion, because if they use, if they think that method is reliable, it's it's going to affect other beliefs. And so, if you just show them how doing whatever your teacher taught you, mm-hmm. uh, or believing everything your teacher taught you, that could affect so many other beliefs and get wrong conclusions. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Um. You probably can't tell, but about half the questions that you've been asked were typed by the people in the chat and, oh, okay. and, pump, and promoted by the production team. That's really appreciated. Uh, as long as you consent and can, can stand my rowdy crowd, uh, if any of you want to, um, uh, if any of you in the, in the crowd want to voice your own questions, uh, we, we're probably good with that. So uh, feel free to unmute and voice your own question. Um, Let's see. Next question. Yep. What do you do when your interlocutor says no to the tic-tac test? Either it's not necessarily odd or even, or perhaps I'm not wrong, and this third hypothetical per- third person is not wrong if I claim odd, they claim even. That, that truth's all relative to that degree, and we can't be sure Mm, okay so basically what happens when your very mundane example that's supposed to be obvious how truth doesn't work that way doesn't work um i would say you raise the stakes um so you know i would give other examples like okay so it uh if i'm hearing you correctly this means that if a flat earth uh person that believes that earth is flat it's actually flat for them and for someone who thinks it's spherical it's spherical for them and maybe someone who thinks um you know life is an illusion that means life is an illusion for them am i hearing you correctly and you know just become a little more uh get more drastic with it Uh, and then i'm sure i i hope i hope that at that point they'll be like, well, okay, maybe I'm not going to go all the way with this. So, Are you familiar with Vanessa? Vanessa. Uh, I'm just refer- I'm referencing an Anthony video. He had a three-part with Vanessa, who did, in fact, go all the way down to that odd or even couldn't be determined because different people had different ways of, look- of looking at it. So there was no objective <laughs> language that could describe odd or even. Wow. Was that the one who had the yeah. cultural um, narratives, or is that a different one? Yes, 
yes and and her thing was uh her her, her big issue was Cochina ancestors in museum yeah I, yeah i did see that one and I, I think i think she was just so tied to her narrative that um she didn't want to con- contradict herself and um I would think that the more examples that you can kind of just think about and throw it her way, she would eventually go, no, 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 that's not what I mean. <laughs> well, James Lindsay agrees with you. Does that make you a bad person? That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, in the in the Club SE text, the, the, uh, the production has just posted the video I just mentioned. Next question, please. Ah, yes, thank you, Reed, for that. Uh, if you reach a point where your interlocutor says that they would change their confidence given X evidence, and you have this evidence, should you present it? Um, I don't know that you should necessarily just give it to them because that per- presents an issue where it's who are you, you know, um, giving this, you have this like, you know, whether you're authority figure or not. Um, I would suggest just having them look into it. You don't necessarily need to go, okay, well, thanks for the interview and here's your evidence and I hope you change your mind, you know, something like that. I would just ask them to, you know, uh, to look into it and maybe get back to me about, you know, about that. Because, you know, uh, it may be the case that they're wrong and then they don't actually become convinced. uh, And you just you just never know. Um, But I I think it just feels wrong to go, Okay, you know, here's the um, here's the evidence you were looking for. Um, And because there, there seems to be some sort of like, is it legitimate or not discussion after that? And. Um, that's a whole nother, that, that's a conflict there because you're trying to, uh, at that point, you're trying to, to debate. And I think um, if they're at the right place, they, they can just look it up. Yeah. Yeah. We all have Google in our pocket now. Or you know, Bing, if you're inclined. I, yeah. I use Bing as a, as a, as a, is a what do you call a rim shot a punchline next question please <laughs> when people get interested in se and try to learn the method with the goal of doing se in public and they fail why do you think they fail the most often hmm. i don't think anyone is really equipped to answer that um because where it's all from personal experience. Um, maybe there we could do a survey about that uh, to get a better answer. But if I had to guess about what that would be, um, it would be because um, they weren't familiar enough with what question to ask next, or they have uh, temperament issues. Where they just can't let something go, um, but I think you, usually the people that have a temperament issue 
are the ones saying I could never do that, and so they tend to not do it. But the the people who try to do yeah. it uh, and fail, it's usually because I would I would guess I you know I have no way of knowing, but uh, it would it would probably be because they didn't know the right question to ask. Mm-hmm. And this is this is true experience of knowing somebody in this situation where they they had the intention and they and they were not able to finish it. Um, I've I've heard stories uh, about like, hey, yeah, um, I tried it and I just didn't know what you know what to say, and I've experienced that. Um, what's changed in the last couple of years is I'm pretty comfortable about what question comes next, um, and and I still kind of struggle with what's the best way to ask this because you know there's good ways, there's great ways. Um, you don't know if there's there's even a better way to ask the question, and and sometimes you can ask a question that's tailored to the specific person. Um, so I think everyone's always in that spot. Probably even Anthony, um, where it's like, ooh, how could I ask this question better? So. Okay. Uh... Yes, Nir, you can ask non-SE-related questions. And you're even welcome to voice it yourself if you want to unmute. Hello. Hello. Hey. Um, Go ahead. I was, I was curious, uh, what kind of music do you like? Oh, uh, I like heavy metal mostly, um, but I pretty much like everything. Um, it really depends on specific songs. Uh, I'm a musician. I played the, um, the trumpet for 14 years, so I can listen to an orchestral piece, heavy metal, you know, even country, everyone calm down, uh, (laughs) um, uh, rap, anything that I think, you know, has, has a good quality to it, but I tend to go towards heavy metal. Yeah. Favorite bands? Tool. Tool? Tool, yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, any other any other questions from the crowd? Hmm. So, uh, yes, have you had at least 10 Alinkas, both in public and online? Well, I know you've had more than 10 in public. I've watched more than 10 of yours in public. I think I've watched your entire everything. But uh, as far as like online, like we're doing video to video, mm-hmm. uh, have you had 10 Alinkas online? Um, I've never done SE, um, excluding like, here's an example of SE. Let me try it on you. But everyone's just interested in mm-hmm. it. Uh, I've never done SE over video. It's usually over like, you know, social media, Twitter, um, Facebook okay. stuff like that, um, and you can do it on Twitter. Oh my God, how do you do it on Twitter? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, Twitter's I'm blown away. Uh, yeah, Twitter's actually better than Facebook, I would say, because people can't just go on a rant. So it's either they're mm. going to answer your question or they're not going to answer your question, and so I think that's that's okay. better, but it's not as good as face to face. But um, yeah, I I don't uh have have like a, a good i don't want to say platform but I, I i don't have a good system to set up um 
certain interviews, I'm more along the lines of like, hey, someone invites me and I, you know, I talk to them. Um, and I think I'm actually uh, got invited to uh, someone who's a Christian and he wants to talk about SE and kind of stuff like that uh, pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I, I generally don't do it um, over the internet. Okay. Do you have a, a, a virtual reality headset? No. Okay. Uh, Reed is all interested in perhaps doing some online things in virtual reality environments. Uh, and, and so uh, he's asked. Do you do you so, have plans for doing SE online? Um, not at the moment. I mean, I do um, search out things. You know, I'm on I'm on social media, and mm -hmm. I see a claim, you know, that I want to explore. I just, you know, uh, I'll go through the motions. Um, but uh, I don't have like a particular agenda I'm going to, to, to do. Usually it's because, I mean, with social media, I can do, I can do SE while I'm at work and intermittently and all sorts of mm -hmm. things. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm kind of busy and I, if I were to commit and try to do something like that, I think I would eventually let down my subscribers, if that makes sense, because I'm not able to keep a cadence of interviews. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a moment for a brief plug. I, uh, in about 23 hours from this moment, I will be hosting an event on the main SE Discord, main street epistemology Discord, uh, that is a theory and practice event. Uh, we do this every week on Saturdays on, uh, at 11, 11 a.m. Pacific time. I guess that's 2 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm going to let you all work out the, the, the iterations from there. Uh, and that's a, a, a regular weekly event for training people how to do SE online uh, and with a whole bunch of practice. Last week, Ram and I, uh, who I co-host with, didn't get to investigate any claims at all in three hours because we had volunteers for both sides of the conversation for the entire run. So we win. We win. Awesome. We, the crowd <laughs> is, is taking over. So good. Uh, Redding has a question. Redding, take it. Are you able to unmute yourself? Not sure that he's able to talk for some reason. Uh, somebody else has a question. What are ways you identify patterns in the interviewee's perception in order to direct the conversation? Hmm. What are ways I can identify patterns? Um, I mean, there's definitely patterns that you pick up when they answer certain questions. Uh, the most common one would be, you know, biblical authority. Um, and so when you're asking how they know something, and it always comes down to biblical authority, you know, you can kind of guess where they're going to go with certain um, certain questions, and so you want maybe want to ask it at a different angle. But um, I don't know. I, I I tend to not want to find a pattern. Um, in a way, 
I want to be more like that little machine that, that has a 20 questions that if you ask, answer mm-hmm. 20 questions, you're eventually going to get to the right question. And so um, it's not really identifying patterns. It's just process of elimination. And then you do the work or the, you know, the inter- interlocutor does the work. Um, and so if you're identifying patterns, it might help you re- uh, ask an appropriate question, um, but can also cause you to assume an answer. You don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, I only asked you for an hour. We are at that hour. You still good? I'm good. This is fun. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So then, uh, Redding, are you you able to voice your question? Um, I was just wondering, um, I don't know if you ever personally dealt with it, but whenever like things like prejudice or other hate, hate based learned beliefs, do you, uh, with SE, do you think it would, uh, it's like, it would be fine just using straight SE or do you think it would have to be modified a little bit to take into the consideration, you know, the environmental, uh, learned aspect of, hate-based beliefs um i don't think you need you don't need to modify um se i I think there may be cases where se is not the uh the approach you need to use because it's not a uh, a truth-based claim uh and so you have to make sure that you're getting to a claim that they're saying is true and there's all the other uh conclusions you reach after that are opinions um but if it's a truth-based claim you don't really need to modify se and i think uh, a good example of that is someone who um he did an se interview with a girl about uh she believed that every white person is racist um and i'm trying to think of his name uh, I think it's uh, I'll have to look it up, but he only did like two or three interview uh, interviews, and they were all really good. And that's that was part of that was before I even started. Um, and what he did was he asked her to play the role of you know the racist, and he would ask her questions, um, and it got her to think about. Um, the best way to go about, um, I don't know. You, you just have to see it yourself. Um, he he took her off the hot seat of judgment and asked her to answer certain questions, and it was really really cool to see. And uh, I think at the end, she came back and she's like, "Man, I just want to thank you for having this conversation uh, because uh, it really allowed me to look at this differently." Um, and I'm trying to remember um, what his YouTube was called. I think it was like Critical Thought or no, 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 sorry. Uh, Critical Conversation or something like that. Um, And yeah, that was a really good interview. And I think that's a good example of something um, as charged as racism. Yes, uh, Reed confirms Critical Conversation. Okay, cool. I have a question I'm not sure I understand. Uh, are you familiar with the Sanskrit cycle of Dukkha? 
No. No. <laughs> okay. So if, if data, if you'd like to come and describe what that cycle is, then I welcome you to uh, then voice your question. Um, the other one was, how does SE allow people to find innate happiness without searching for it in relation to understanding inner contradictions? Um, you can definitely find some happiness in not feeling pressure to have um, certain conclusions or um, not to have an answer for everything. Um, in a lot of ways, saying or admitting, I don't actually know, or I don't know with absolute certainty, or um, being able to, or being comfortable with uh, decreasing your confidence or increasing your confidence, um, I can definitely take the edge off of uh, certain beliefs, I imagine. Okay. And I think I'm not sure that's actually a claim uh, that SE makes is that you're going to find innate happiness. Uh, I've, several people have reported it, but I'm not sure it's one of the claims. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you keep a file? I mean, it's definitely a good work? alternative. Sorry. Yeah, indeed. Do you have a record to keep a file of uh, innate, uh, of, sorry, of conversations you, uh, I'm say this, start over. Do you keep a file of everyone you've ever SE'd in the off chance that they reach back out to you so that you can track their progress? Um, for the most part, yes. Um, I can always reach out to my YouTube channel if it's uploaded for the ones that are not uploaded. Um, that I, I still have most of them. I, I, I switched a computer in between and I transferred most of them over. Um, but there are some conversations where I'm like, that was not good. Delete. That was not good. Delete. You know, and so mm -hmm. um, for the ones that I, I thought were really good, they're on YouTube anyway. So I generally don't try to keep an archive or anything like that. It's just I, I don't get to delete them. It's just the nature of YouTube. OK, yeah. uh, so I, I wonder how uh, what fraction of your conversations make it to YouTube? Ooh, um, I would say, I would say it's like around 50%. Um, and I really don't know for sure, but my guess it's, my guess is everyone else is a little lower. Um, and it's not necessarily because I'm having better conversations. It's, it's because I only have a certain amount of time. And so um i try to have the best conversation i don't know how to say it like my i think my level of what a good conversation is is probably a little lower because if you have 20 interviews in a day you pick the top three and and post that you have so much more to choose from and i only have four talks that day uh, and i only go out once or twice a month i want to try to put out some content um and so sometimes um i guess i guess i have less to less to choose from and i'm still going to post things that i think are beneficial okay good good can se use be used effectively with an agenda to convince people towards a position um 
I feel like that's a contradiction because okay, um, it does seem like a trick question to me. Depends on what the agenda is. If the agenda uh, is about good methodology and reaching, mm-hmm. all right, you know, and um, something that we like. If I'm steering someone towards um, testability or not being able to test it, you know, that's an agenda, I guess you say. But as soon as the agenda starts to come in the form of conclusions, then it's kind of like, okay, that is that's not SE. You can't have an agenda of a specific conclusion um, and it still be called SE. Like, sure, you can do it and say, like, you're, you're doing SE and just, like, you know, hide hide your agenda. Like, haha, I'm going to make as many atheists as I can. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think generally the uh, agenda is has to do with methodologies. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so um, let's see. Yes, the Aaron Raw question: When is SE not called for, and facts and debunking is called for? Hmm. Um. Well, for a while, I, I would say that. Uh, I saw SE as always a better alternative, um, and I would use SE every chance I could get. Uh, but there are situations where it's like someone who's not a willing partner and they just want to argue, um, and you can't force someone to have an SE conversation. I mean, you can always, you know, have really good questions that illustrate your point, um, but at the at the end of the day, if they're, you know, uh, facts and, and debate um, win the day if it comes to someone who um, is argumentative and not willing to have that type of discussion. And so, uh, like I said, yeah, in the beginning, I would always thought SE was a good alternative, but uh, debate has its place too. And uh, I love to do both. In fact, I. I love to debate more than I should. If that makes sense. I I I, mm-hmm. I jumped I jumped to the debate before uh, I give SEs a chance sometimes, and sometimes I'm just not in the mood, you know, because uh, SE is a is a is a commitment uh, to it's a, it's a time commitment, you know, and mm-hmm. you're you're going at someone else's pace, and sometimes you just want to go, that's bullshit check this out, yep. you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. like not, not yeah. necessarily in that tone, but, um, indeed, uh, it, you teach it your really children depends. with that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, it all, you know, if you have an audience, then, then argumentation sorts, you know, gets some, gets an edge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, are there any other questions from the audience? Okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna run out of out of my questions here pretty soon. Is I've there any one. claim that you would refuse to examine? Is there any claim that I would refuse to examine? Um, For everybody counting on no. your bingo cards, that is four times Aporia today. 
for for Aporia. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I would say no, um, and that's strictly uh, the claim, not necessarily mm-hmm. the person asking it. There's plenty of ah. people in certain situations that I would not uh, try to challenge the claim, but you know, if someone is in no psychological harm by mm-hmm. holding that, you know, or not having that that claim. Uh, then yeah, I don't think there's any claim I would. Yeah. Okay. Somebody had a a, a question to voice. Thought I heard somebody just a moment ago have a question. Sorry, to voice. that that was me. There you are. Another Good. non-se question. Um, <laughs> favorite TV shows. Favorite TV shows. Um. Hmm. I don't watch a lot of TV, um, mainly because I had children and they take it over. Uh, but thinking of movies that I liked, um, I'm definitely a Marvel fan. Favorite movies, The Matrix. Favorite TV show? Um, the whole trilogy? No, just the first. first yeah. one's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite TV show? I have to have one, I, I think. Um why why do you need to have a favorite well it may not be like the best ever but i have one that i prefer the most uh i don't know yeah i have it i okay i have a favorite video game right now what's that which is doom eternal good one okay i'm okay. currently trying to work on uh ultra nightmare and it's 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 not happening for me <laughs> i can only play okay. doom with metal music in the background really fun oh, okay. of, course, combo. of course of course yeah all right uh, uh shoulder to crayon if you'd be so kind as to throw a link to leo mastraccioli he's my favorite metal cover artist mm. uh okay so why don't we do se with minors um well a lot of art a lot of SE has to do with consent and people don't want to have uh, that conversation. Um, they don't consent to it. You wouldn't do the SE interview. So if someone is legally uh, below the age of consent, there's a question there that's kind of like, well, hmm. uh, are they, they, consent, they mean consent consenting for to something it? pretty specific that isn't isn't about having a discussion? That's what age of, age of consent is about something discussion. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. but uh, but when it comes to medical procedures, um, when it comes to uh, sort of all of the a lot of other things, I can't think of any right mm-hmm. now. But there's things that you know your yeah. parent or guardian needs to sign here. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's that question yeah. of you know are they really able to uh, decide whether they want to have that conversation? And also, okay, there's this line of like you know. Uh, parent and teacher sort of you know what they want their kids to be exposed to and so there's certain things that they sign up their kids for um i, I don't know it, it, it's just, it's one of those things where um depending on the topic it's probably harmless but there you can definitely upset some people by having that conversation and it i feel like it, it does seem a little wrong Mm-hmm. I don't know why exactly. If a, if a parent was involved, 
and gave consent with their child. And obviously they both consented. Yeah. Are you good with that? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. And then that it should be fine. Yeah. Okay. If a group of minors wanted to learn SE, is there any reason they shouldn't try to learn and practice? No. Okay. Um, I think I, uh, Sleepy asks, is consent bound by your native country or the current country you're in? Would you have to modify that depending on where you were standing? Um, I would, I, sure, yeah, you can modify that. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like um, about that because you're not actually breaking any laws by having an SE interview with a minor. Um, but the, the mm -hmm. premise is is that there's something to do with uh, consent with that, and so you want to be careful. Uh, yeah. So whether so what erring on the side of caution. Yeah, whatever age that is, depending on the country, that's not necessarily the point because you know it's not actually illegal. So indeed, what evidence would you need to be convinced of the existence of God or a God? Ooh, okay, define a God. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, to think about the classical God, I actually did a video about this, um, and mm -hmm. I, I, want, I want people to be more comfortable answering this question. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the time, okay, so the Matt Dillahunty answer to this, uh, part of it I love, and part of it I think, you know, it can, you can go further with yeah. it. Because his, yeah. his answer, you know, paraphrasing is, I don't know what it would take, but if a god existed, he would he would know what it, um, what it would be, and yeah. it would have the power to do it. So it's kind of not my problem. Yep. That's that last half totally correct. If there's a god, he knows what to do. Yep. If yep. he wanted to correct, do it, he could do it's it. so unsatisfying. Oh, um, yeah. And so, uh, and I love that answer, um, but not until I got into SE that I saw the answer of I don't know as kind of like, okay, you don't know now, but can you think about it? uh why mm -hmm. why why are you okay with i don't know like just you know it's it's an internal question um yeah. so maybe think about it more and don't just leave it at as as i don't know i mean scientists definitely don't leave it at i don't know they they try to figure it out and this is something that you can do uh without doing any tests you can just think about it so for me uh i would say if they could tell me um if they could tell me what my reasons are and i, I already have my reasons in my head <laughs> right now what i'm going to give but he if he could tell me before i said it to him that would help oh so uh so oh, he's like okay free will tests fmris prediction <laughs> choices oh oh boy a neuroscientist could become your god maybe uh yeah. okay uh what would you accept as so, a miracle well, I've done answering the question. I didn't really answer it. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, but so part of the part of it would be predicting what I'm actually needing uh, or going to say. Mm -hmm. And I could be even wrong about that. But he's like, by the way, you're wrong about that. That's not going to convince you. Here's what's going to convince you. Boom. There you go. Uh, and I think, you know, when you think about a uh, God that has all of, uh, unlimited power, you know, mm -hmm. your imagination can go wild. Like, oh, I would I would be convinced by this. So like, um if he took me 
and did a tour of my entire life and I can ask him, hey, I want to remember, remember this time where I did this and that and this? It's like, yeah, cool, let's go there. There you are and, and be able to watch myself. Um, mm-hmm. that would, that would help. Um, and so you mm-hmm. can kind of just come up with all these scenarios that, that, you know, uh, would not demonstrate, you know, with absolute certainty that he can do everything, mm-hmm. but would be convincing. Uh, and I, something that I think, uh, is, a is something needs to be addressed when someone says, you know, or I'm sorry, when, when Matt says, you know, part of the reason or um, he says, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I can tell the difference between a god and yeah. an advanced technology, right? Yes. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. we've been, we've been convinced mm-hmm. of some things. Uh, we've convinced that we're in reality, and that took a certain amount of time. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're convinced that, you know, people are around us. And, and uh, who are we to tell that this isn't? what we think it is, is just an advanced technology or a, you know, um, an illusion or, or whatever, however you want to put it. I guess my point is Mm -hmm. given enough time and given enough demonstrations, you should be able to be convinced of almost anything. Um, and yeah, that's why I think that I don't know. And how can I tell the difference between this and this and this it's, um, you can, you can, really say that about anything how do i know that my right my wife really exists how do i yeah you know, how am i able to tell the difference between advanced technology and my wife actually existing you know it's uh it's it's true that you can't really tell the difference but mm-hmm. at some point given enough time you you have to kind of come to terms with that if that makes yeah. sense yeah i i for myself I can't tell that we're not in a simulation. I just, uh, by game theory, assume that the world is as it is until I have some evidence of a transcendent thing that would allow me to adjust my strategy to anything better than assuming the world is as it is. Yeah, and I would go even further to say that even if life was a simulation of some sort or an illusion, it doesn't change, knowing that wouldn't change my actions at all because i have no idea what's out outside of this um illusion it could be even worse and so i want to stay alive as long as i can because mm. this is this is like a bliss compared to what's really out there um or um there's just, just the fact that we don't know what baseline reality mm. is and no matter what uh even if it is an illusion pain still is feels like pain and happiness still feels like happiness what does it really matter if it's actually not real it's still right uh it's it'll just be real in quotation but it would still nothing would change about about my everyday life yeah okay first why spaghetti uh, it's a childhood uh, nickname, and it kind of stuck. And uh, yeah, I just I think it's kind of funny. It's it's um, yeah it, yeah it, it's something that everyone kind of uh, goes along with, and so I've just kind of adopted it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, 
okay, so given enough time, you said you could be convinced of almost anything. Or do you mean almost anything that's true? Not necessarily. Um, like I said, uh, I'm convinced that everything I... Um, I'm convinced that, you know, we're real and we're talking. Um, I could be wrong about that. So if that's not true, I'm still convinced and not knowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have a long track record of inner uh, exchanges that I believe that, you know, human beings are real and I'm having a conversation with another human being and, um, you know, multiple interactions definitely help. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good, good, good. Okay, good. There was some login and out. That was all, that was all fine. So, Selfish question. Assuming that you're looking at me and my goal is to teach SE people, I want to bridge people from I saw one Anthony video and I'm slightly interested in in SE all the way up to I'm ready to go out and practice SE in public should I want to. What would be your best advice? What should I cover the most? What pitfalls do you see in in teaching them? Um, I think, you know, Watching videos is definitely the best way to go about it. it it's the book. It, if SE was a class, watching videos is the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, from there, you can kind of just teach uh, how a normal teacher would. Um, so she will tell you, or he, he or she will tell you what uh, questions are you can ask. And, uh, but more importantly, why do you ask those questions? Um, and then, from there, you can, you know, present claims and ask someone else what would be the the, the, the most appropriate question for this, um, and allow the student to start taking over. Um, so I think concentrating on questions um, would be the best route to go, um, and maybe even starting out not really understanding what conclusions you're talking about. But just discussing the you know the mm-hmm. most basic questions, and then you start inputting conclusions, and then they can kind of work work through it. Maybe. Okay. Thank you. Jen Birdman asks, "Do you have any tips for thinking on your toes and coming up with good questions?" Um. Yeah, try not to think on your toes. <laughs> I mean. Uh, oh. I would say. If you you want to kind of demonstrate to until you, you allow someone to think about something and you give them time and you let them mull it over. Uh, and if you have to think about something longer um, and you're if you think you need to think on your toes, um, you probably aren't granting what uh, to yourself what you're you're granting to someone else, and you you should really. Uh, be comfortable going. Okay, so Actually, allow, you know allow yourself the time for the pause. Yeah. Yeah. Even okay, yourself. Okay. Good. 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 I, yeah. In my allow yourself to pause um, as much as you'd let them. I like that. I, I think in my interviews, I'll, I'll even say, "Hmm, what's the best way to uh, to ask ask this question?" And then I'll just think, and then I'll say it. Um, and so it's this mutual understanding that we're just thinking here we don't have all the answers and we're not necessarily 
scripted. It's just, you know, you get better at it, and, and um, but there should be no pressure to think on your toes. Okay, good. So time, just let go of time pressure. That's that's really good good advice. Uh, does anybody else have any questions besides uh, our production crew? Okay. Uh, what is your confidence that your practice of SE is good for? There's three parts to this. That's what is your confidence that your practice of SE is good for society? Um, I would say. I would say it's 75%, and the reason why I'm not all the way uh, up or any higher is that I don't know what happens after I have a conversation with someone. Um, and if I were able to see someone's journey um, and see that my talks had a good impact or a bad impact, that would help me have more confidence. Um, but what gives me my confidence now is that um, when I see people on on the street or in you know at my restaurant or uh in public it's still cordial and it's not awkward and um and people enjoy it you know i i think that covers the first both society and interlocutors so now what's your confidence that it's good for eddie well uh i observe that after I have a good conversation, the rest of my day is awesome. And my wife can attest to it. Okay. That's that's a good reason. So what 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 does that leave your confidence? Oh, um that it's good for me? Um probably you know ninety ninety five percent confident. Okay, good. I knew we'd use the scale once today. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, are there more questions? We have been going through so many. This is great. Bring it on, guys. Jen is typing. Other people can type. Other people can voice. You can throw chairs. If it's time to get rowdy, this is it. Yeah, we're still going. Aha. Have you experienced an interlocutor that was dishonest about their position in a context where steel manning wasn't specifically welcome? I'm assuming almost all of you are Linkus. You're not offering to do steel man practice. Um, have you experienced enough for that? Dishonest. Hey, should I explain steel manning? Well, I know what steel manning is. Um, okay. But if since we're talking about their claim, I would be the one that would be still manning, wouldn't I? Still manning ah, from okay. Manning? So the 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 short version, um, the short steel man. Sometimes I'm going to call that mirroring or reflecting back. Is you mm, okay. telling them back what you heard? The long steel man right. would be like in debate class where they hand you a position and say argue from that position. In my essay okay. classes, I offer that I'll steal man a position. They can tell me what to argue for. It doesn't have to be something I hold. And I will just improvisationally argue for that position. 
so that they can practice against a theist or practice against a flat earther or or whatever whatever they want. Um, so in practice SE class, steel manning has two different versions, the short and the long one. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to use the terms uh, reflection or mirroring for the short one. Okay. Um, so to answer the question, has anyone been uh, dishonest? Um, well, I don't know. Um, it's not always obvious uh, because a lot of times people don't think about what they're what they're saying until they say it. Um, and so sometimes it seems like they're dishonest. So they'll say something, and then I'll run with it, and then they'll say, actually, no, you know, it's this. Um, if they if they constantly flip flop, um, there may be more evidence that they're being dishonest. Uh, and sometimes that happens, but I don't. I don't want, it doesn't help me to assume that they're being dishonest. Um, I'm just going to go where they, they go. So if they, if they go this way, if they, you know, uh, they say this is the reason why, uh, and I go with that reason, and it's actually not important, then I go, well, what is the other reason? And then they, they go back and forth, back and forth. Um, it kind of delays the talk, um, but as long as you're patient, uh, it just becomes exhausting for them to be dishonest, if that makes sense. It, it, if they are dishonest, yeah, it, it can could be. just be that. Yeah, it, it be. could just be that they haven't really thought thought about this and they're not sure, and so they want they say one thing and they don't know the implications of that. Yeah, that's I that's a bit different. Question. Yeah, yeah. Um, look for the long so, hoe is a, is a different thing, and I've I've had that and it's it's fun. Have any of your interlocutors ever lost their temper and abruptly departed? Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully, it's not because of me, um, hmm. but it, it does happen. Uh, so uh, one example would be I, I it was like my third day out, and um, I asked some hard questions, and then I followed up with a is this the best way to do this and you know kind of sounded you know condescending or like you know have you really even thought about that you know i don't know the way i said it was um not productive and so that kind of you know set off set off uh the interview and ended abruptly uh and then there was suddenly the report dipped below zero (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. There was one uh, interview, I think it was with a preacher, and it was towards the end where I felt like I wasn't even really doing SE anymore. I was just trying to kind of, you know, back off because my perception was that he was too afraid to answer those questions or too afraid to, to think about it. Uh, and so he would literally just not answer my questions, uh, and mm-hmm. and I was trying to be as uh, um, calm as possible and just ask the question again. Um, mm-hmm. And so eventually, I think I pulled pulled away, and but he just wanted to engage, and so it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, what ended up happening was he, I feel like he blew off some steam by you know, uh, talking about what he wanted to talk about. Uh, and then I ended the conversation with, 
I think it has something to do with the flood and uh, felt that um, babies are just as guilty. I'm sorry, or weren't as uh, weren't guilty as you know everyone else. Um, and I asked him why he didn't why he uh, why he didn't expect a bunch of babies to be on the ark. And he's like, I never thought about that. And you, you can kind of see a, a few moments uh, where he thought about it and then snapped out of it and walked away. <laughs> and so, yep. okay. Was, yeah. That, that was, might be successful. That might be, that might be really good. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. We have, we are over an hour and a half. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to tell me, tell the audience? Um, uh, I think honestly, I just want to say that I'm literally just some guy with a little bit of time that chose to do this. Um, I, I don't think I have anything special um, that makes me uh, able to do SE. I, I think maybe the one thing I have is I have a very good um, uh, temper. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. able to keep my emotions at bay, so that helps. But other than that, um, I really think anyone, if they really want to do this, if they, if they think, if they enjoyed the conversations and they think um, they would, they could do it, um, just just try, just go ahead and do it. Um, because the cool thing about SE is that um, even the worst conversations aren't. Uh, the worst thing can happen is that you don't make. You don't uh, get to the bottom of why someone believes something. Um, it, it's just like a little weird interview, and it, it's pretty much harmless. It's not like it ends catastrophically. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think the hardest part is just going out for the first time. And I think if uh, most people just try it, um, mm-hmm. they can they can eventually learn how to do it really well. Okay. Yes, I I hope you are correct. I I have yet to I have yet to be able to have enough exposure to figure out whether you're correct. I am trying to <laughs> teach a bunch of people, and I will say, uh, so far everyone who has in any of my uh, public classes, anyone who has tried at least twice and keeps trying continues to show uh, progress. Toward, toward the ultimate mm-hmm. goal. So, so far now, if they try twice and I never hear from them again and they quit, I wouldn't know. So again, I'm blinded to those that fall out of it. Uh, uh, but so far I've seen at least a lot of positive reason to think so. Okay. Seems like that's about. Oh, I think we lost him. I'm visible. Okay, good. Uh, yes. So uh, uh, it, it looks to me like uh, no, uh, you're, you're unfrozen. I can That's see him, good. but I can't hear. Good. Can't hear me. Can't hear me now. Not good. Hmm. I can. Hear you. Okay. 
good. Thank you. I'm at a, audible. Uh, so I'm. I think we're signing out. Thank you very much for for coming to the show. Here are five of my favorite channels. All right, this is a chance for us to demonstrate patience. And then, yeah, yeah. And uh, embrace the pause. Indeed, embrace the pause. So here are five of the uh, five of my favorite channels. They're something like out of eleven of those that uh, uh, we have in the promoted channels on my YouTube channel. If you are really, really into street epistemology, you want to understand the method. My favorite collection of resources is on streetepistemology.com that is provided by Street Epistemology International. If you would like to be a guest on my show for discussion about SE or any of the other of the eight categories that I do that are all focused on SE on my show, I look forward to hearing from you. You'll find a link to my calendar where you can ask for a specific slot uh, down in the doobly-doo. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization. 